Ortho Laser Orthopedic Laser Centers is proud to sponsor the Ortho Show podcast. Ortho Laser Orthopedic Laser Centers is killing it right now. We have six centers open with two more opening in the next eight weeks with 10 more sites in the queue across the country. We're exclusively powered by the MLS M8 laser technology. Laser treatment is an awesome alternative to traditional cortisone shots and surgery for all of your acute and chronic orthopedic pain needs for your patients. To find out how you can supercharge your orthopedic practice and become a part of the OrthoLaser community, go to the OrthoLaser website at www.ortholaserwithaz.com. That's www.ortholaserwithaz.com. From Medical Media, this is The Ortho Show. Okay, it's time for some more fro time. Dr. Scott Sigmund, your favorite opioid-sparing orthopedic surgeon here to host another episode of the Ortho Show podcast. Today, we have a real underachiever, Dr. Chris Dotson, who is the uh, an associate professor of orthopedics at Jefferson, uh, orthopedic surgeon at the Rothman Institute, head team physician for the Philadelphia 76ers, head orthopedic surgeon for the Philadelphia Eagles, and also uh, did his residency and fellowship at HSS, so he's an underachiever at medical school and college at Brown as well. And here he is, Chris. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Scott, thank you very much for having me. It's uh, certainly a privilege to chat with you today. Awesome. So you're down in Philadelphia and you're sort of coming out at this point. I know that New Jersey got hit pretty bad, but uh, how are you guys doing? You getting back to somewhat of a normal schedule at this point? Exactly. We, you know, we've been back as far as elective surgery since about May 1st. Um, so, you know, a little over six weeks now. And, um, you know, we put some things in place that I think patients feel like it's safe uh, for them to have surgery. And, and it's, I think the staff feels safe as well. So definitely um, while we were shut down, you know, basically try to come up with uh, an algorithm of how we're going to get back into doing elective surgery. And, you know, it's interesting so far. I mean, I think since May 1st, I've done a little over, if you can believe it, I think 80 surgeries or something like that. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've knock on wood been smooth. So, so far so good. Yeah, man, you're cranking it out then. We were, you know, it's, we've sort of lined up the time sensitive procedures is sort of where we were, but we still up in Massachusetts got hit pretty hard. So there weren't a lot of people that were too interested, but I jumped across the border to New Hampshire where there's a surgery center and we were able to get some stuff done. So we're, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty moving along. We're probably about 70% at this point for ourselves, but, uh, you know, it's good to get back operating. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I was like on my Peloton and I'm like, all right, how do I do this ACL thing again? <laughs> you know, let's go through the step one by one, you know, we're going to get it done. Absolutely. You know, I have a Peloton as well. And uh, that was, that was a saving grace, right? Uh, doing that, doing those, uh, what, it was a good six weeks where, I mean, really doing minimal surgery, just truly, you know, um, emerging cases. Um, and so uh, Peloton is my saving grace, but um yeah, you know, we it was it was definitely a challenge. I mean, I, it's it's unprecedented, right? I, nothing we could have ever planned for. And um, I, I really, at one point, didn't really know when we were going to get back uh, operating. And just uh, certainly more importantly was just tracking the the virus and the numbers in Pennsylvania and in our community and seeing what was happening. So, you know, uh, it's good to be back. Uh, you know, it's good to take care of patients. Uh, I have a lot of collegiate athletes that I take care of, as I'm sure you do too. And that they were all stressed out. ACLs, as you know, was not considered uh, urgent. It was considered elective. And I had a lot of college athletes 
they need their ACL fixed. So they were really nervous about their scholarships, et cetera. So it was good to take care of them and, and, and you know, get them the road to recovery. My son uh, had an ACL tear and I had to get one of my friends to do. We had to drag him across to New Hampshire to get it done because he would have had to wait another four weeks. So he's going to unfortunately miss his, his football season, but he'll be ready for lacrosse next year as well. So, you know, let, let's talk about this because everybody thinks like, oh, this is the coolest job on the planet. I'd love to be a team doctor for a professional sports team. It's so glamorous. I'm hanging out with all the stars and all the dudes. And but really, it, it really isn't. It's actually a lot of work, isn't it? It is a lot of work. I mean, it's it's for sure fun. And there are definitely I've had some incredibly fun moments um, where, you know, it's definitely really rewarding to take care of professional teams. But you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of commitment. I mean, you take care of, and I feel honored to do this. You really take care of the entire organization. So that's the front office, their families, their kids, uh, friends of theirs. Uh, and so you're, you know, you're constantly being asked to, you know, help out, which is, which is obviously part of the job. Uh, and it's a lot of work. I mean, I'm, you know, probably the biggest change in my life these last six weeks is because there's no professional sports, you know, being home every single night. I said to my wife a couple weeks ago, I said, this is probably the most I've been home in a long time. And her, her response was, how about ever? So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, cause it's two, two professional sports and they go forever. It's not like there's, you know, the off seasons there, there's not a lot of overlap. So you're constantly around and, and they have your cell phone number, man. They're texting you at all times, right? What's going on, Chris? I got this. I got that. How are you going to help me out, brother? What's going on? Right? Yeah. You know, unfortunately in football, one of my partners uh, shares the, the head responsibility with me. Uh, who's and he's phenomenal, and so he he shares the load. In basketball, I do have partners that help out, but I, I share the majority of the load for that one. And it's obviously a long season. Yeah, it's an it's nonstop. I mean, it's uh, it's never a dull moment. Uh, things happen. Athletes get hurt. Uh, this is part of the job, and so you never know when that's going to happen. And um, you know, it also you know I get calls from other agents or other players, and and that's you know that happens as well. And so you're just constantly kind of working, but. So, so it is a lot of work. I mean, I don't know. Glamorous, you know, I, I understand where the glamour comes from. And my wife always says, you know, when you're in the road with the Sixers in the playoffs, and you're standing four seasons of Ritz Carlton, it's not exactly struggling. You're not exactly working. But, you know, those are long days. And uh, you get home middle of the night, uh, you know, from, from, from games um, for both teams. And you've got to work the next morning. And it's, it's uh, time for your family. So it's definitely, it's definitely not as glamorous as it seems. But certainly I feel lucky to do it. Yeah. And I mean, game coverage, people don't recognize it. I mean, you're working. I mean, you're constantly keeping an eye on everybody. You're in the locker room at halftime, taking care of people. It's not like you're sitting there, you know, sipping a beer and eating a hot dog and enjoying the, the process. I mean, you love it. You're there. I'm sure you're passionate, you know, about your teams. Tell us about, because I think a lot of people don't understand either. What's your What's your philosophy as far as your relationship with the players who are obviously your patients, you're caring for them? what's what's the relationship like yeah it's a great question so i would say it's definitely you know doctor patient relationship i mean i've never uh you know are, is there a, a camaraderie at times sure you know i wouldn't really say it's a friendship just like you're not friends with most of your patients or any of your patients really maybe a few but um you know i, I treat it as such as very professional uh I'm, I'm their doctor i never forget that i mean you know again usually when they're seeing me they're injured they're hurt they're concerned about their career um, and so I, you know, I always try and, you know, treat them with that respect and make sure that they understand that that's why I'm there. And that's, that's our main relationship. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have had, um, taken care of a lot of the players and have a good relationship and, um, seeing them come back and, you know, you get a little nervous. I mean, I, last year I had two players on our NFL team 
I did their ACLs and every game, every time they got hit, I was having like a heart attack on the sidelines. So you definitely get invested in it emotionally. These are your, these are your, you know, your patients and you want them to do great. And, and, you know, some of their success you do take a little bit of pride in. Yeah. Which is great. And and so let's talk about that. I mean, I, every, you know, the, the standard medical malpractice is 1 million, 3 million is, which is what most people have. Now you start taking care of professional athletes who are making five, 10, you know, $20 million a year. Obviously that standard malpractice claim, you know, or malpractice insurance doesn't really cover things. So, so it's interesting. So you're comfortable operating on your own players. Cause I know that a, a number of team physicians sort of it's also agent driven as well as to where they wind up getting their surgery, but that's great that you have that you know level of comfort to be able to care for your players in particular. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it is usually agent driven uh, and you know um, it just depends upon what the agent wants. I mean, some of the agents um, that, that, you know, take that, are, that represent uh, some of your, my players happen to have represent other athletes I've taken care of. So, they sort of say, well, you operate in this guy, you know, why I want you to do the same thing for my, this, you know, just because in your team is so different. And sometimes they go elsewhere. So it just depends upon the agent. We, we always say we encourage second opinions and just whatever they're comfortable with. And, um, you know, certain guys, again, once you've operated and one guy wants to get another injury, you're more likely to do it, you know, something different. Um, I don't think about it that much. I probably should think about it more, but I don't, uh, you know, um, I, I tell a lot of my patients, you know, I operated a girl today who's, 21, for example, who this was her third ACL. I did not do the first two, which just, you know, just by random, we all have failures. So I'm not saying anything about anyone else, but you know, it was her third ACL. And I would say like her need or her is just as important as name your favorite athletes need to him. And, and people look at me like I'm crazy, but it's the truth. And my mentor used to always say that. And so I, you know, you take it all serious and, and give your best for everybody. And you don't really think about it um, very much when you, whoever's on the table, you just know that you do do your best, you know? Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great way to be. I mean, what, what people don't realize it's like once the, once the drapes go on, it's blue drapes, you know, exactly it's, it's right. a knee. It doesn't have a name. This is not a person. We're going to fix that knee and we'll move on to the next patient, take good care of them. And uh, so, so that's great. So, so I'm just, I'm still curious about the, so out of Jefferson, then, is it sort of you guys self-insured? Is that how that process goes for these high-end players? Or you take out policies for that kind of thing? Or how's that work? Yeah, we, we don't. I mean, uh, you know, we have we, something that does come up from time to time about whether or not we should do something. We, we have not really made much changes uh, when it comes to the athletes. I mean, you know, reality is it's probably, you know, five, six, seven surgeries a year, maybe for me, uh, of that level um, at this point. So, but yeah, we haven't we haven't made many adjustments. Um so maybe, maybe, you know, our CEO always brings it up, but uh, it's kind of hard to get coverage for, for something. You know, if you're up in someone's, you know, I, I had a player just signed a contract for 30 million, I brought it, you know, last year. So I said, well, you know, hopefully it better go well, you know. <laughs> it's going to go he's well. Doing great. It's got to go you know, well. He's doing great. So I think they saw him doing great. Now they, now they extended his contract. So um, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, one of my passions is opioid sparing surgery. And I, I spent a lot of time on that trying to educate. Are you, are you, you know, I think that there was a bad rap there in professional sports for a while when it came to opioids and that process. I'm sure you're, you're very you know vigilant about that in the process as you're taking care of these athletes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, and I would say, I think, I think the one thing um, that I like to think I pride myself on is that I don't, I don't treat them any differently than anyone else. So you can't, you know, if you do this job, you, you can't get starstruck, so to speak. I mean, you, you treat them like everyone else. So I have an idea of what's normal as far as, you know, pain medication after surgery. And just because it's, you know, again, name your favorite player 
it doesn't make a difference and you can't, you know, you can't adjust your protocols. You can't change what you're doing. You know, I always tell everyone on the OR, you know, when the times you're operating on someone that is a famous athlete or sometimes, you know, a famous chef or somebody, you know, that's, that's known, you say, you know, we're not changing anything. It's exactly what we're doing before. And, you know, just like if it was anyone else. And, and I think that's key so that you don't get wrapped up in, in some of those things because you're right. I mean, you don't want to be prescribing a lot of pain medication, doing something deviating from the norm just because it happens to be, you know, uh, a famous athlete or a celebrity or, or what have you, or a successful businessman or businesswoman, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then obviously it's gotta be, uh, you know, you're, you got a little time off right now because they're out of sport, but during the seasons, then you're busy as hell trying to take care of everybody else too, right? Your college athletes, your high school athletes, and just the people that say, Hey, Dr. Dodson's the man, you know, I want him to take care of my knee and shoulder. So how do you fit it all in? Yeah. You know, I, I have a great team that I work with my PA. Her name's Melissa Scheller. She's phenomenal. So she helps me out a lot. Um, and so she really, um, you know, helps the, with the organization and, and seeing, and seeing the, uh, the patients. I mean, I think you have to be really flexible. Um, you know, when things are busy, I see both, I see players a lot in between cases. I see sometimes if we're really busy and, uh, young athlete needs to be seen i'll see him in between cases in the surgery center and you know they have to be a little flexible but we just um if you have a great team around you i think it helps you a lot and i'm, I'm fortunate that way the people that i work with in the or are incredible uh super talented and super organized and so i i we, we have a good time in the ors i'm sure you do too i mean the stress level is pretty low because everyone's on their game and uh, i'm fortunate to work with so many talented people so i think that's a huge part of it and then you know I think at home, I mean, I have an amazing wife and I, I think she, uh, my wife's a physician as well. And she's um, temporarily not working or she's not working as much as she used to, um, to kind of take care of the family. And I think obviously I could not do it without her. So, um, and, and, you know, she's super talented and smarter than I'll ever be. So I think just having some people around you helps to do it. And, you know, we all love to work. I mean, you got to love what you do and, and um, it can't feel like work and you just got to be, I mean, just like when I started practice, you know, the, the available, you know, just when people reach out to you and need help. You just say, oh, look, I'll, I'll figure out a way to see you and, you know, do, do the best we can. You know, there's nothing, nothing better than healing, man. Yeah. You know, you see these patients, they come in, they're injured, they have all these expectations and then you can make a demonstrable difference in their life and really be able to watch them and get them up and going again. It's a really cool job, but it's really super important to have a strong family at home, especially when you're as busy as you are. So you're saying all the right stuff, man. I love it. Love to hear it. So, um, so what's going, all right. So let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen with professional sports. So professor Fauci got out there today again, is telling everybody what's going to happen and now he's saying that he thinks it's unlikely that the NFL is going to play this coming year. I don't know if you saw that yeah. we're operating today, but it was out there. What are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah. You know, I think, um, I mean, I think that there's a, there is a lot of work to be done. I think there's a lot of the, in the, you know, the, the devils in the details, as, as everyone says, there, there's going to be some things you have to figure out um, as far as um, I mean, I think testing is the, the easy thing. It'll be a lot of testing, which, you know, some players might not like, and that's of the staff, it's of the coaches, the doctors. So, so the testing is the easy part. I think inevitably, right, I think it would be foolish to think that no one's going to test positive. I think from there you go, okay, now what? So we've got one person tested positive. How, are we going to contact trace all those steps that that person's been doing, who he's been talking to, what situations? Are we going to quarantine people he's been exposed to? 
that could be staff, that could be doctors, that could be friends. I mean, I think that's the part that's going to be challenging. And I think that's why I think if I, if I saw, he said, like living in a bubble, I think the point of the bubble is that you've got to have a confined amount of people that could possibly be exposed. Otherwise you can't properly contact trace. And I think that's, it's just going to be a challenge. I mean, I, I think that it can get be done, but it's going to take a lot of sacrifice from a lot of people. Um, and just understanding, you know, that, that again, there's going to be a positive test. How are you going to manage that? What does that mean for, um, everyone around them? What does that mean for playing? Um, I, I think that there's, you know, I know in the NBA, we, there's some concern about the effects on the cardiovascular system, the heart, the risk of myocarditis from the, from the virus. I think more than just um, testing them and saying positive or negative, and then if they have relative minor symptoms, asymptomatic, what are the risks in the cardiovascular system when you're talking about elite athletes pushing themselves to limit? I think those are all big decisions that are get made, you know, and I think it's so that I think that's why it's so challenging. So give us give us one give us one fun story, you know, about, you know, being a professional doctor, whether it was a playoff game or a win or something cool. But give us one cool story so we could share with everybody. You know, I think one of my one of the fun, really fun memories I have, which will seem a little bit simple is that, you know, I've been involved with the Sixers for a long time. Not for a long time, for six years. And we've been through the ups and downs organization. And uh, I think that the, the you know, the, not this past season, but the season before that, uh, I guess it was two playoffs ago, in the first round we were playing the Miami Heat. Um, and we had we were ending the season on this incredible, I think it was like a 17-game winning streak. And everyone was playing great. Um, and, uh, and you know, we, won, we lost the first game at home against Miami, and then we won the second game at home. And so we go down there for game three, and I remember it was a Thursday night game. And, you know, for years we would be in these tight games and lose. And I just remember like the crowd was going crazy and, you know, they had Dwayne Wade and all these great players. And um, we were down in the kind of early in the game and just sort of had this epic game back and forth and kind of pulled away late and won this really hard fought battle. And uh, just the joy in the locker room afterwards was a lot of fun. I mean, it was sort of like this really big moment, I think, for a lot of the younger players uh, that we have that are really talented and just being a part of that. And um, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I, that, that was it was just a really memorable moment for me and in, in being with the team of being some of our seasons where we didn't win, win a lot. And now, you know, winning a really crucial game on the road and first round of the playoffs and we went on to win the series. So that, that was a lot of fun, you know, and, and with that, you know, it was the camaraderie with the other you know, doctors and the trainers and you know, afterwards in the hotel and, hanging out and just it's 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 fun you know it's definitely definitely a trip hey man that this was great what a, what a sort of great way to get some introspection into what's happening in professional sports chris we really appreciate your time you know coming out and joining us on the ortho show today i really hope that uh you get back to work real soon so we can watch you on the court side as well as on the sidelines and uh and watching sports soon I really appreciate having me. Thanks so much. It's my privilege. Yeah, my pleasure. So I want to thank our, our sponsor, Ortho Laser Orthopedic Laser Centers. This is Dr. Scott Sigmund, hashtag follow the fro, host of the Ortho Show. Till next time.